Well, hello there, web geeks. Welcome to another episode of Divi Chat. We've got a pretty big one in store for you today. You guys are going to love this. Uh, and if you don't, that's okay, because we're going to love it for sure, because this is going to be a fun one. We are going to talk today about marketing automation. That might sound a little scary. It might be a little like, ah, do I, is that a thing that I need to do now? But listen, we're going to break it down. We've got a special guest here. And so as we get as we get ready to dive into this topic, we're not going to waste any more time here on in the intro, but we're going to just um, do a quick little introduction of each of us. Uh, and so let's have Tim Streifler start it off. Hey, everyone. Tim Streifler here broadcasting from San Clemente, California. You can find me online at DiviLife.com where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, tutorials, courses all that good stuff. Um, I, for one, am very excited about this topic being a marketing nerd. So really, really excited. Um, really quick, I know we're supposed to keep this short, but when I was working a job at a small software company in the manufacturing space, my boss told me, he's like, we're a small company. We have to automate, 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 automate. And that's mm. something that stuck with me to try to figure out like, okay, how can we automate? And so now that I run my own business, I try to keep that same mindset. How can I automate as much as possible because like I have, I'm not a, a solopreneur. I have a small team, but we're a small team and we, I want to keep it small. And so by automating tasks, especially with marketing, uh, we can keep the team small, lean and mean. And, uh, yeah, lean and mean is the main of the, the name of the game and automation is how we do it. So yeah, super excited to have Chris here. Hey everybody. Uh, my name is Eric and I own a web design and digital marketing agency in transit studios where we help local businesses get more customer activity every day. Um, and I also have a resource for web designers called finallyleads.com. Um, I love talking lead gen, mm. um, because every dollar I've ever made as a uh, as a web designer, every single dollar started as a lead. And so I think lead gen is so important. So that's why I am really excited for this. I love marketing, love lead gen, love the conversion process, the automated. This is going to be really, really exciting. So yeah, Chris said, to be here. Mm. Chris said, mm. I know. <laughs> he's ready. I got it. Mm. Couldn't help yeah. myself. <laughs> nice. Hey guys, Sarah Oates here with Enjoy Web Studios. Uh, so I run a small business here in Australia. We mostly support Canberra small businesses. We build them custom websites and then we train them how to use their website so that they're empowered to be able to make their own changes if they want to moving forward. You can catch me at endure.com.au or endure web on the socials. My name is Stephanie Hudson. I'm here at Rep and Focus WP as always, where we help you to outsource the things that you don't really love. Actually, I prefer to call it delegating because we're just like your team. We become your instant team. You could send any tasks you don't want to do or maybe you aren't so great at over to us and we will take care of it and make you look like the hero. Please check us out, focuswp.co and definitely come hang out in our Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz. Chris is in there. We might be able to ping him with some questions after this. I don't know. We'll see. And now for our for our guest, Chris Davis, please introduce yourself to our tribe and uh, tell us a little tiny fun fact or a tidbit or some your resume, whatever you want to tell us. Share, share a little. Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm Chris L. Davis. Thank you for having me, Stephanie, Sarah, Tim, Eric. Thank you for sharing the stage with me. 
I am a engineer turned entrepreneur, which means I can nice. nerd out with the best of them and I can market <laughs> with the best of them. And yeah. I, I wish I had a linear path and could say, hey, when I was an engineer programming microprocessors, I knew one day I'd be an entrepreneur. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't that. I was looking at the, the VP saying maybe in 15, 20 years, I'll have that office. And um, things changed rapidly <laughs> and unexpected. And fast forward through all of that. But now I'm the founder of Automation Bridge and the host of the All Systems Go podcast, where I have a community of marketers or marketing professionals that I mentor and help leverage marketing and automation properly. I like to say automate responsibly. So thank you all for having me here. I'm excited to to chat. Stay tuned on that podcast too. If if we ever stop rescheduling it, yours truly might make a make an appearance. That's <laughs> like move it a couple of times, but we'll get there. Uh, okay, so as is our custom, we like to kick off the show explaining what in the heck we're talking about, mostly so that when we use terms and concepts and things like that that could be ambiguous or could mean multiple things to different people. We're going to just get us all on the same page. Um, I asked Chris ahead of time if he would be prepared and willing to do this. I know this is usually Tim's job, but because no, this no, is Chris's speciality, we're going to ask Chris, uh, when we are talking about marketing automation, could you give us a little quick explanation, a definition, if you will, of what that actually means? Yes, yes. So I define marketing at automation as the process of employing technology to execute your marketing strategy, right? So instead of hiring people, we're hiring technology to execute the processes. Back in the day, we would hire people and they would they would be doing the computing. Now we've got technology to do it. Boom. I love, love it. that. Nice. Hiring. Do any of you guys have anything to add as far as conceptually how you view or what you think of when you hear marketing automation? No. no, I think Chris hit the nail on the head because that's something that you could overcomplicate when trying to define, which I probably would have. <laughs> and so <laughs> he was able to make it nice and concise and simple. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. You know, it doesn't have to be this complex thing. It's to break it down to that definition of no, it's just using technology to execute your marketing plan. Yes. Boom. Yes. Nailed it. Yeah, I love that. Then so why is this? Oh, good. Steph, the only the only thing I would add is right at the beginning of an episode like this, um, I would encourage people to listen as both a okay, what can I learn and pick up from here to help me in my business. But one of the cool things about something like this is this can easily turn into things that you can use to help your clients, help to set you up as an expert and authority. So I would listen to this, make sure you're listening. This is an episode you might want to come back to a couple times. One, listen to it. How am I going to use this in my business? And then how do I monetize this to help my clients and, and stuff? So make sure you're listening for from both points of view. Boom. Yeah. Excellent well point. So um, wh why is this something that is important for our audience freelancers solo pros um wherever they're at sort of probably more early in their wordpress and business owning journey potentially uh as a as a general rule uh we're going to dive into 
some more of the specifics and things, but maybe just give us a little sneak peek of some of the benefits that we could potentially uh, expect to see if we implement some of your strategies, Chris. Yeah, um, Tim actually did a good job with a, a nice segue or foreshadowing when when he was talking about his boss and his experience where he said, we're a small team. We've got to automate. We've got to automate. And the the advantage that we have is that we no longer have to have the enterprise bank account to operate as an enterprise, right? So where we had to have payroll and hire all of these people and train them, as long as you are very strategic with your approach, you understand what you're trying to do, you can get technology or use technology to operate in a way that just was not possible a couple of decades ago. Right. So what are some of the things? First off, let me say this, uh, Stephanie, I want to provide some context, because whenever you say mm -hmm. marketing and then you put automation on the end of it, people's minds start going all kind of different ways. Um, I also classify or define marketing as the process of capturing leads, lead generation, as Eric mentioned, qualifying those leads which is the process of continually capturing information and watching their behavior and then sending those leads to your sales mechanism. I say mechanism because it could be a person, could be a page. It could be anything where, wherever money is going to be transacted. So a lot of times people blur the lines between marketing and sales and think that marketing encompasses closing the deal. And it does not. Marketing's mm -hmm. job is to take a lead and qualify it well enough for at the right time it sends it to sales then sales says thank you marketing this is the best lead that i i could ever have gotten myself and guess what i can close it right now that's, that's successful <laughs> marketing so we've got to put it in this context so now what can you expect when you automate well you can expect to uh, build your contact database day to day you can expect higher quality leads coming out of that database and you can expect a shorter sales cycle to close those leads yes okay so chris um i am just gonna you know i i posted this on our i think it was on social media i didn't put it in the show notes yet but a little tiny backstory is that Chris and I had a 20 minute call scheduled <laughs> earlier this month to talk about a potential project that we were maybe going to do. We were, we were, we were, um, matched together by, by a colleague in common. And we were maybe going to, we talked, we had 20 minutes and we were on the phone, I believe for two and a half hours. Wasn't yeah. it Chris? Yeah. Because this was a Saturday morning. <laughs> it was on a Saturday too, no less. So it was, and our, like I can't speak for Chris, but my brain was exploding after because I'm like, there's so much cool stuff to talk about here. So um, I'm going to be a little greedy with this time, too, even though I've already had two and a half hours of your time. But I'm 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 a, I've been in business for uh, this uh, focus MVP started in 2018. But we uh, well, I, automation isn't my strength. This isn't my strong suit. Mm -hmm. I like mm -hmm. the sales part. That's the part yeah. that I really like. So yeah. I'm excited to have. Like I always say, like, if I can get on a call with somebody, I can sell them something. I can either upsell them or sell them from, you know. Uh, and so how do we, how do you help somebody like me who's a little intimidated by this stuff? It sounds like, and also a lot of the, our audience, including all of us sitting here, we're busy. 
right? We're, we are entrepreneurs. We wear a lot of hats. We do a lot of things in our businesses. Some of us own more than one business. And so it's like, well, how, how can you get us started and make this not seem intimidating? Saying marketing automation to analyze your leads and to streamline your processes and stuff like that sounds so uh, obscure to me. Like, like um, I don't really... What, give me some practical steps. Let's yeah. let's talk in this in this next forty five minutes that we've got together, and let's break it down for us and the audience. Like, what are some things, some specific steps, tactics we can do today, tonight, tomorrow, and start yeah. having automation be a part of our business? Sure, sure. Um, so I, I didn't mention it on at the top of of the the chat here but i was in i've been in leadership in the startup space for about seven years before i left in and have been doing my 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 business full time and the first company that i worked for was lead pages it's a, a landing page uh, software and i was the head of marketing automation there responsible for building out the in, the entire system yeah and, this dude you guys and, he's so humble he's coming he was an engineer and then somehow he's worked for Lead pages is there <laughs> Mar running marketing for a marketing like tool and <laughs> you worked for active campaign. Yeah. And yeah, you were managing. I built that email. entire education department and did all email of the training over a million people. Yeah, that too. You're sending yeah. emails out to. I mean, my finger would be shaking <laughs> over that send button if I'm doing it, it, it does like feel. sending out emails to that many people. <laughs> So, okay. So the point is you, you've got our trust, right? We know you've got all this stuff yep, back in yep. you that we, you know what you're talking about. Okay. So yeah. now just tell us, tell us what to do, Chris. Yeah. So, so what's important about lead pages is I would be teaching and we would have these local events and these were, were entrepreneurs that to your point, Stephanie, were just like, how do I use this thing? I'm so overwhelmed. And I came up with an analogy. It's called the, the slice bread approach to marketing. And it came from one of the one of the people were there and they were selling like a muffin, like they were a bakery. They were selling a muffin. And as a lead magnet, they were giving away like the 10 tips to optimize your website. <laughs> and I was struggling to see the connection. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, are you selling website services or a literal, a literal muffin? Um, so the sliced bread approach is, is it goes as such. You look at the loaf of bread as your product. This is what you want to sell. Take that loaf of bread and slice it up and take a piece and give it away for a sample. By nature, when you take that piece out of the loaf, you're going to leave crumbs, right? So it, the premise is this. If I give somebody the slice of, of bread and they like it, and follow the crumbs, they'll more than likely buy the loaf, right? So the slice is your lead magnet, your free offer. Those crumbs are emails that they can continue to consume at little bite-sized chunks, and then they get to the loaf. That's the completed thing that they started off with, and now they can buy the actual product. And when I, when I said that, the light bulb went off because they saw the error of their ways. They were, they had this muffin, but they didn't take a piece of the muffin and give it away. They were doing something totally opposite. So when you think of it like that, you're, you always have a product. You're going to take 
a piece of that product and give it away for free. And then the emails become what I call process abandonment. They're there to reinforce and realign people on this path that everybody thinks is going to happen, right? Everybody, first off, the mistake people make is I've got something to sell. I'm going to put it online. People are going to buy it. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next is, okay, I believe it. I believe it now because my bank account hasn't changed. So I'm going to take a piece of it, like they said, and I'm going to create a lead magnet. Everybody that downloads the lead magnet will buy my product. No, they won't. So now I've got this pro this product, and then I've got this thing that I can give away. I just need to connect the dots. So email serves as that reinforcement to help them along the way when they're not ready to keep them informed and stay on top of mind so that they can uh, thus get ready. So, so that's approaching it, Stephanie. Now here's, here's the honest truth. There are some people that just shouldn't touch the tech. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, we know that very well. <laughs> right. There are some people when it comes to automating the marketing, you have to know this is where I begin and this is where I end and marketing is not my friend. This I just I'm OK with that. That's the first step, because if I can't get somebody to make that acknowledgement, what they'll end up doing, Stephanie, is touching stuff. They'll end up putting their fingerprint all over the place. And usually something's going to break at the most inopportune time. So the mm -hmm. first thing is to understand what your capabilities are. I understand that that's not a clear like line because some people are in bootstrap mode and there's just some hats that you're going to have to wear that you potentially won't wear later on. This is where somebody like Tim, who's got templates and, and, and pre-prepared resources. The first thing that you need to do is go find a nice landing page design and get a landing page up that you can give something for free away and at least start building a contact database. They call it an email list. That's step number one. Usually people can do that. Now, again, I worked at lead pages. I saw a lot of landing pages and we gave away templates. It was <laughs> shocking how someone could take a beautiful template that you can't <laughs> even drag and drop at the time and just totally, it felt abusive. It, it felt like <laughs> like they really violated the tech. It's like you had to work extra yeah. hard to mess up. Yeah. To break How it. did you do this? As, think, as um, most of our audience being web designers, I think pretty much everyone here can relate to that where you're designing a site for a client and you hand it over to them and then they just muck it all up with their own whatever oh, and just destroy the design. they change all the photos to be like fluoro or something why why sarah why do they do it <laughs> why sarah why <laughs> okay that's why so, you have to take a screenshot uh, of it as soon as you hand it over before yeah. they get to touch it yep exactly okay so you guys who are listening live uh shoot us some comments here let us know um are do you already have a landing page that you are collecting email addresses on um and or i guess just a call to action on another page chris do you think this needs to be its own separate page or are you okay with us uh collecting email addresses yeah. in any way so so um the scrappy chris says just get the page up the yep. the more disciplined and can see in the future uh oh this could go bad chris um implements what i call a marketing layer and and this is for all of my web developer friends i found a way 
that marketing and and web development can coexist without any violation so the traditionally as a web developer you don't you want to have control over that domain you don't want people messing with the plugins you don't want people just jumping in doing stuff because when the website goes down then you're out of the loop of what happened so web developers rightly so are usually more of a control freak when it comes to the website which they should be now marketers we're scrappy we need to get in and out we need to build a page we don't need we don't want to wait for a web developer to approve or understand everything that we're doing because oftentimes marketing doesn't really make sense to web developers they're focused on code the framework not breaking um, speed optimization as they should so what i like to do is implement what i call a marketing layer now you all are techie this is a subdomain right so i have mm -hmm. automationbridge.com for me i have go.automationbridge.com that's my marketing layer i have wordpress installed on that just like on my main site but guess what my web developer has nothing to do with my marketing so i can put up as many mark landing pages as i want on an isolated domain it's still branded and now everybody's happy my marketer can log into their website and do what they need to do my web developer is nice and happy because he's it's a controlled environment that he can maintain they can maintain and make sure that i have 99.9 percent .9 uptime so if you just are struggling to get a landing page, no harm, no foul, do it on the domain that you have now. So many WordPress page builders allow you to, to put a, a page up, templatize yeah. it. That is not the there. struggle with this audience. Yeah, let's <laughs> right. go to, like, we got this, we got this. <laughs> right. yeah. so, to Eric's point, he mentioned at the beginning where we're kind of looking at this through two lenses for ourselves and for our clients, what Chris just described yeah. is perfect. Like being able to sell your clients a, marketing layer that yes. they can have at it and do what they need to do yes. without disturbing the main site right and yeah. so you know or you help provide them that marketing layer allow them to make changes so that's brilliant yeah yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and it came from trying to satisfy both the web developer and marketer uh secondary and i'll come i'll let you speak eric uh secondary to what i do is a lot of time i'm the liaison between marketing and the ceo and the web developer and all this so you just kind of learn how to keep everybody happy and move the business forward well one of the other things I, the reason i like having these the, them separate i mean my lead magnet is on my website but i do have a landing page just for it that i direct people to in a plethora of different ways as many ways as i can point people to my landing page i do but the nice thing about having a dedicated landing page um as as a lead opt-in um, is it's really easy to track conversions because yeah. everybody that hits that page either converts or not. If you're sending people to the homepage of your website, you're going to struggle tracking how effective a lead source is. Um, and so it's just, you know, there's ways to do that using, you know, pretty link or something like that, but it's just a lot cleaner to have a, a standalone page um, on a subdomain or on its own unique you know, URL. So that's one reason I like having it. And from the business side of it, we tell people, one of the things that we're able to, to tell a lot, a lot of clients is the number one mistake businesses make that uh, are running their own pay-per-click, like they'll go in and figure out how to run their own Google pay-per-click. They, they send everybody, everybody to the homepage of their website and their conversions are terrible. Um, mm -hmm. So having 
unique yeah, landing pages is a big way to go. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. it. Okay, so, so oh, sorry, go ahead, Tim. I, I just want to say we're talking about unique landing pages. I wanted to get Chris's thoughts on this. So a lot of times, what I do with my lead magnets is they're contextual, and I do what I've heard described as content upgrades, right? And so I have yeah. blog posts Great. that rank organically that teach something for free. And then I have a lead magnet that then takes it one step further that they have to opt into. And so it's contextual on the page that they're learning. And so, um, so it's not like a dedicated landing page that you would drive traffic to. Um, and so, yeah, the reason for that is one is because the, the blog post ranks organically. You type in Divi Carousel, you'll find my blog post on how to create a Divi Carousel. Yep. Here's the code. Here's how to do it. Here's the steps. And then here's a, oh yeah, by the way, if you just want the layout and you want to do it without having to touch this code, opt into my email list and I'll send it to you right away. Um, so what are your thoughts, Chris, on the content upgrades and kind of having it contextual versus dedicated landing page? I love it. I love it. Um, as contextual as possible, always. As contextual as possible, always. You you have to always be thinking of ways to keep once you get somebody's attention to be more efficient with it and if i'm already reading the blog post i'm already in that mindset and if i let's say there's uh five ways to optimize divi that you should know about okay i'm there i'm i'm i'm, I'm reading to optimize Yes, give me an upgrade of a theme that I can use that already has those optimizations built in. It's a no-brainer, you know. Yeah. So, um, it, strangely enough, Tim, people, a lot of entrepreneurs are not using content upgrades. But again, when I was at Leadpage, this was almost ten years ago. Now, that was the that was the main source of leads. Yeah. So I don't know if people got tired of it. <laughs> They're just like, yeah. oh, that doesn't work anymore. But there, it's an amazing strategy and very effective. Yeah, yeah, it works really well for me. But yeah, no, it's true. You don't see it a lot. And I think because it takes more planning because you have Maybe. to think of like the, okay, this is going to be the tutorial that's free. And then this is going to yep. be a content upgrade that's also free, but have to opt in for. And then how that all kind of comes back to the core product. So uh, it's, it's definitely more work, but highly, highly effective. Yep. You know, that... Um... That brings me to a, a great question um, that I've sort of been, it's sort of been brewing in my head, Tim. And that is, um, I think with, with this crowd, with us and with our audience, I think the actual implementation of the things isn't the hard part, which is probably unusual for you, Chris, because you're used to dealing with people who yes. aren't real tech savvy. Yes. But uh, so let's assume for, for kicks that we all have our slice of bread. Uh, that's a whole nother topic, developing the lead <laughs> magnet and all of that. But yeah. we don't have eight hours today. So like we've got our loaf of bread. We have all of the tech skills. To, we've got a landing page where we've got sections on our blog post or wherever, our calls to action to get opt-ins. Yeah. So um, whether we've had two people opt-in or 2,000 people opt-in, what do we do next? Yeah. So so this is a, a, a popular phrase that I've been hearing lately is creating a content calendar. And it's another means of saying plan out your content for marketing. You have to have a ongoing, never ending strategy for messaging. 
All right. Um, when I was more heavily in the internet marketing, Say that again, my friend. <laughs> right. They said the only way somebody can get off my list is if they unsubscribe or die. And I was like, geez, <laughs> that's, you know, oh. that seems extreme. But the idea is I'm never not going to send you emails if you say you want to know about me. What most people do, Stephanie, is they'll get a website built and one of the cardinal sins of a web developer is putting the opt-in right there in the footer and saying, hey, you got a newsletter. And then people opt in and they have no, they don't know where those leads are going, nor do they have a messaging plan for those leads. So there are two types of messaging that you need. Starters, can we just also say, like, don't just put a newsletter in your footer. Like, who actually <laughs> even does it? signs up for that? Yeah. Who does Wait, this? Well, I know one thing about that. I love that. They have to, they have to unsubscribe or die, which <laughs> at first I was like, wait, they could also buy, but you shouldn't just stop emailing them after they buy. You should there be continuously emailing them and have more stuff to sell them. So absolutely. Absolutely. So when you look at your, your messaging strategy, it's twofold. If you're ready, if, if you want to take on a challenge, it's threefold. So I give you the first two. One is what is the immediate messaging to Tim's point? That's contextual to what they just opted in for. Now here we start to get into a, a, a deeper into marketing where people are what i found especially with canva canva is an enabler um people can create more lead magnets now than they can strategize for when someone opts in for them right Ooh, that's good yeah i i can jump on canva, canva is an oh. <laughs> they are bless their hearts i love canva but they are an enabler for this terrible behavior so <laughs> what i try to tell people is this keep your lead magnets at a minimum, because look at all that's required just for one lead magnet. You have a lead magnet, somebody opts in for, as a marketer, they should never get a message that says, thank you, you know, like check your email. It should always go to a thank you page. And on that page should at least at a minimum, tell them to take the next step, whatever that next step is. I run a, uh, a live webinar and an evergreen webinar so most of the time when you opt in for anything on my website, the thank you page is, hey, we just sent it to your email while you wait, register for this webinar, right? Some people put their product on the thank you page. So you always wanna use the thank you page. And here's the reason why this, the, this page defies the laws of marketing, marketing behavior online, right? There is no place that you, you, you can get five people to register for an event, four will show up. You can get two people to say yes, one will show up. There's nowhere in marketing that you can guarantee a 100% show up rate except the thank you page. Mm. I love Everybody that. Everybody that fills out that form sees that page. Eric is take, going nice right notes. Now, by the way. Take notes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it's such a beautiful opportunity. So you can see how excited I am, how my heart just drops when I go and opt in. And they're like, thank you. Just a message that the mm -hmm. form goes away and it's like, thank you. Go to your email. So you want to leverage that and use that thank you page strategically. As Tim said, you got to plan this stuff out strategically to move them along the line. All right. So once we have that, we're still on one lead magnet, by the way. Once you have that in place now, you're not delivering the lead magnet on the thank you page. 
Why would I do that? Because mm -hmm. what I need them to do is go to their email because when they click that button, my email, my IP, my, my uh, domain name starts to build reputation with whatever email service provider they're using. So I need that click. And that's going to start to train my platform that, hey, look, I'm sending messaging that matters. People want to download my stuff, right? But also, I can tell who was serious and who wasn't. If it's on the thank you page and they can just click a button, I don't know who downloaded and who didn't. So now they opted in. I have some indicator that said they opted in. And then I have another indicator that says they actually downloaded the thing. Do you have a question, Eric, or are you just praising the Lord right now? I can't a little bit of both. A little I bit of both. Yeah. Little little praise for Chris. So so question on this because I can I, I get an already, amen. <laughs> I can already anticipate uh, mm. some questions here, and this one being so that first email is that the double opt in that they click to confirm, and oh. then they get the email to click Ooh. download. Or are we Ooh, just going straight to an incentive, the, the first incentive email where they click the download? Look at you, Eric. Eric. I know you, Eric. I, I would hug you. Eric, I would hug you if we were in the same, oh. like if we were on a panel, I would break protocol and I would just like get up and hug Eric and then sit back down <laughs> and everybody would be looking like, what is this guy doing? So it happens to me everywhere I go. It's, <laughs> normal. it's, it's my burden. <laughs> so i'm a big both and person eric so what i did is i created a strategy because you want the security of double opt-in you want that but you also want the freedom of single opt-in so so let me just define those real quick for everybody double oh, opt-in is great thank you when you when you su supply your or provide your email address there's an email that usually goes out. Uh, MailChimp is the top offender of this one. Um, usually an email that goes out that says, hey, you requested to be on this list. Click this link or click this button to confirm. And if they don't click that button, then you will not be able to send them further email. OK, right. so it's kind of like if somebody puts in a fake email, if they misspell their email, it's protect it's built in protection. And with GDPR, it had some platforms require it. They've gone back a little bit on it now, but it's the easiest way to just be in compliance with spam, the, the can spam act. Single opt in is essentially no opt in. That means once somebody provides their information in a form, you just start sending them emails. Fun fact. When I first got started with email marketing, I did single opt-in and I think I may have a record for getting banned from eye contact the fastest. <laughs> I, I haven't met anybody that was able to get banned like totally. I can't use the platform. Maybe now I can in like seven minutes. It, it was bad. It was very bad practice, everybody. Wow. I, I'm not going to incriminate myself, but I did. I broke it really fast and they came after me. So, but <laughs> single opt-in, I was like, hey, wow, you could just start sending emails after, after people um, opt-in. So a lot of people are terrified of double opt-in because they feel like it's it, it introduces friction. If you think about it, if I register for a webinar, the next email that I'm expecting is a confirmation. Right. If I download a thing, I want the thing. I don't want another email. Click a button. Then that says, thank you. Now I get another email and click it. So what I've done is I've blended the two and it's what I call a single double opt in. Hmm. 
And what this does is it puts you in control to do the double opt-in, but it also allows you the capability to send reminders. Okay. Who are, so who are you saying you? You're saying us? Like it yes, gives us? You. Yep. Okay. Yep. So watch this, Stephanie. Regular double opt-in, you've provided your information and then your email marketing software sent an email that says, hey, you requested to join the list, click the link, right? If you don't click the link, they never get anything else. There's no, hey, reminder, there's no nothing. So what I do is I disable double opt-in on every single list that I, or every single software I ever use. The first email they get is an email from me emulating like it's a double opt-in, but it's not technically a double opt-in because I'm delivering the lead magnet. And it says, yeah. hey, click the link below to download your thing. And then I have a paragraph under it. When you do, it will give us permission to continue to send the amazing content that you originally opted in for. Boom. So I get two for one there. They click that button that serves as my opt in. I've now actually executed the double opt in and they get the thing at the same time. Watch mm -hmm. this. We don't, and we don't stop there. We wait okay. one more day. And what am I doing? I'm checking to see if they click that link. If they didn't click the link, I'm now sending a reminder email. Mm -hmm. The reminder email for me has a has um has has been responsible for at least 40% of people that did Ooh. not opt in on the did not click the link in the first email. They'll click the link in the second one. And guess what? The second email is so simple. It's like, did you still want this question mark is the subject line. <laughs> and that's literally what I'm asking. Hey, you asked for this thing. I sent it yesterday. You didn't click. Do you want it or what? If you do click below, if not, this is goodbye. That's it. You can send a third or fourth and check in later, but you're in full control. You're in full control and you're in full compliance. This method has checked out with attorneys. I have ran this method. That was going to be my question. Like, it, does that satisfy the double opt in requirement? They've chosen it's like a one point five. Very clearly. Yep. Yep. They've and, very clearly well, made that choice. Like, the, yes, I want it. They, except for that, if they don't click it. Like if they choose it, I see that that's clear. But if yep. they don't click it and then you keep emailing them, that's there the part where it could be a little blurry. Now right? you're, you're in spam land. We don't want to go there. Ugh. So you Surely have one to... email is okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that one fact, reminder. Yeah, one Sarah, reminder email. these are actually, guess what, everybody? These mm -hmm. two emails, like the first, the initial email and a reminder or two, they're actually classified as transactional emails. I did yeah. not know that, but they're somebody said, I want something you're actually obligated. This is not even an option. In fact, you can argue if your system is broken, you're in more danger <laughs> than if your system works and you send the email. If somebody says, give it to me and you don't do it, you're more liable to get in whatever trouble is than if you, if they said yes, and you sent them the emails because transactional emails are classified as when someone requests information, this email is the means of getting them that information. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you all fun. of a sudden started sending unrelated emails, there when they you had go. not downloaded, yes. then that's obviously spam territory, but yeah, it's transactional. Cause you're just reminding them of what they already wanted. So 
Yep. Yeah, that's yep. brilliant. I love that. So if you want to take if if everybody if anybody's nervous and they're like, but I don't know, I I, I live in Europe and they're really stringent on this, strict on this. So what you can do is I've not dealt with a, a marketing automation platform or email marketing platform. Uh, I don't use as many like email marketing platforms like MailChimp or anything, but I'm usually using like marketing automation. But either way, there's always ways to add a note to a contact record. So I use active campaign. And if I'm really nervous or if I have a client that's really nervous, when someone clicks that link, I have an automation that fires off and says on this date, this person gave me permission to send continue ongoing email because they downloaded X, Y, Z. Now, at any point, if somebody nice. uh, says, hey, I never gave consent, all I have to do is go to their contact record and say, hey, wait a minute, this note, and I can give them down to the time on Thursday at 4.23 a.m., right? So <laughs> it when you're in control, when you take control like this, yes, it's more that you have to do, right? It's, it's kind of like using Wix and WordPress. Sure, mm -hmm. you can use all of that built-in magic that Wix has. But if you take control of it like WordPress, you're going to have a lot more control and power. So that's what the single double is. It's, it's synonymous to that. It's saying, you know what? Hey, thanks for this built-in double opt-in system, but I'll build my own. And it'll be more I fair. love that. I have a question. I, I did about not something know what to... I was going to do tomorrow, but I just <laughs> redid my to-do list. Now you do. This, this is the top of my to-do list tomorrow. Yes. Okay. So, Chris, you this may be a silly question but you said something about mailchimp and blah 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 you don't use uh programs like that because you yeah. use marketing automation yes so what what is what do you call mailchimp then because yeah. that call they say email automation right yes or yes. email marketing i mean they they use those words those yep. and not just mailchimp but you know all of them yep so i i'll help you all out um because even i had this question there's really three levels or three types of uh, email mar marketing software. Marketing software. How about that? Um, you have your okay. email marketing, which is list based and very minimal automation. Any automation takes place within the list and you can't move contacts between lists. Right. So that's your traditional email marketing. I believe constant contact is one of the platforms still holding on to such a means of, of, of marketing. Uh, you can't pay me to touch constant contact. No knock against you, constant contact, but you know, you and I have never gotten along since day one. So this should be nothing new. Um, and other platforms are starting to move to the second category, which is email marketing automation, which I like to call email automation. Um, and what that is, is it's still list-based. But what they introduce is the ability to have tags in some automated workflows. But everything is still revolving around the email as the main piece of information that enables everything else in the system. If you don't have an email address, you can't do anything. So when you take email marketing and add some automation, you have email marketing automation. Marketing automation we see the introduction of the CRM, which is customer relationship management software. The CRM says a contact can exist with any type of information. I could have their name and address and no email and they still exist in the platform. So that widens the ability to really leverage the software 
in a variety of ways because now I've got tags, I've got custom fields. I break from the list based requirement. You know, marketing automation platforms may have lists, but they're not required, you know, and I'm moving a lot more freely in my my ecosystem. So email marketing, we've got constant contact. Um, Flow, Flow Desk is one that a lot of people have been talking about. I guess they make beautiful landing pages. Um, Beehive. Uh, these are all email marketing. Again, get their email address, put them on a list, send them emails. Is that MailChimp? Is that our MailChimps too? And well, MailChimp, you know, has has upgraded. I'm going to give MailChimp uh -oh. credit because they've added workflows. They've added automated workflows. So MailChimp is now in category two of email uh, email marketing automation. So you have your MailChimp, your uh, ConvertKit. ConvertKit is up there. Uh, Gear Response is so confused. Bless their heart. They're, they're mm -hmm. trying so hard to play with the marketing automation, folks. <laughs> they really are. But they just they just can't quite get over the fence. Every time they jump, like their pants are getting stuck on the top of the fence. They got to go back and try again. Um, so yeah. they're still email marketing uh, automation. And what are some other popular tools? Um, Mailer Lite email marketing automation send in blue which just uh Bre brevo i think they just uh rebranded as so those are some examples now we go to marketing automation and the pool gets smaller quick you've got mm -hmm. keep formerly infusionsoft entreport formerly office autopilot active campaign um go high level as the new agency player and you could say HubSpot, but I'm very reserved at saying HubSpot because they're more about content management with some automation more than a pure marketing automation platform. So those would be the four that I would classify as marketing automation. This is super well. useful. I love this. I have some horrible news. I just looked at the clock. Do you guys know how long? Like we've already been going 45 minutes. It has been a blink <laughs> for me. I don't know about you. Okay. And we promised some specific tactics. So okay. Chris, give us instructions. We, we have our piece of bread. We've got our landing page. We know how to mm -hmm. put the pieces together to make the forms. Yep. What, yep. what software should we be using here? Does it matter? Can we do these things with whatever we've got already? Or do we need to start moving into some of these higher? Yeah. So like more than marketing? likely, you can use what you've been using, but there's like a big old asterisk at the end of that. Sure, sentence, sure, sure. Because I don't know what you're using. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> If you want to ensure that you can pull off the single double, although I've built it in every email marketing platform. Yeah, I built it in every email marketing platform. It's just ridiculous and like MailChimp and, and all of that. But you can do it. Uh, it works best in marketing automation platforms like uh, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Infusionsoft. Uh, uh, keep keep on support and active campaign. So so you can do it, though, but it's going to take a little mm -hmm. little extra elbow grease to to get it in there. Um, so 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 that's that. And, and and let me complete my messaging. I just realized I left you all hanging the first part of messaging because you got your form. You've got your single double put in. Um, you've got your lead magnet. People are opting in. What you need is your your initial contextual email follow up. This is three to five emails. No more than two, one to three days apart. If you want to just keep it simple, just put delay of one day between five emails. And these okay, are the emails. Say this again. Five emails. Yep. Three to five emails. Okay. One to three days apart for each. Okay. Some people, there, there's Perfect. like a, 
I forget the name of it where it's like the first one is one day. The second one is it goes one, two, two, three, three or something like that. It, they've got all kind of marketing things for that. But I find it. I'll give you all an example. Um, I have a five point automation checklist. It's a download. So what do I do? You get that in every day after you opt in. I expound on one of the points. Right. So it's five of Love them. It. So every so day good. you get one expounded on. And let me let me give you all this since we're talking about tactics. You're there. There's a call to action in every single email. Now, we know about marketing touch points. They say you need about seven marketing touch points before someone's ready to buy. I heard it's 11 now. To me, it doesn't matter. I track it for my business and I know. But on the thank you page, the next step counts as one. I delivered the lead magnet to them. But guess what? In my lead magnet at the end of that PDF or wherever it's at, I'm also going to talk about the same thing that I talked about on the thank you page. Now that counts as two. The rest of the four emails, I'm I'm using stories, psychological triggers. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping my call to action in something that would just give a different angle or maybe a different reason for you to purchase it. So by the end of this whole five emails, opt in and everything, I'm almost at my seven marketing touch points. All risk. And it's all automated. Mm -hmm. you're automating the marketing touch points to prepare them (laughs) to buy something this is i could stop here all right my friends ask the collection plate but (laughs) no i want to just reiterate this for everybody listening Uh, as eric said this is your this is what you're doing tomorrow go think of a checklist of five things that you could provide to your potential customers yep your leads, your ICP. And also you can think about it for your clients too, but, uh, and for their ideal customers, but come up with a checklist of five and then write an email going into more detail about each one of those things. And then you're having a call to action on each of those. Now, Chris, I I've, I've heard like, um, you know, help educate, entertain, then, then ask or whatever, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, help, 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 ask, help, ask, ask, or something like, you know, like those kind of patterns as well. But you just put a straight up, like, what are your calls to action? Do you? Yeah. So in the beginning, so the first email that I sent, I'm, I'm, I really want the focus to be on them to click that link to get the download because in the download, I'm strategically placing the call to action, which, okay, just pause. If you have a PDF that you are giving away as a lead magnet, shame okay no no shame for previous behavior (laughs) now that you know better (laughs) you have to do better there is no reason on god's green earth that you should not have clickable links in that pdf Mm -hmm. this is doable remember canva's an offender an enabler i should say and they also allow you to put links so you really have no excuse if Mm camp it used to be only adobe acrobat reader could do it like you had to have that software. No, now, I just know. I think uh, was it Photoshop or Illustrator? Photoshop, I think you can now do it as well. Everybody found you to do it. There's no excuse, Photoshop, no excuse. So now I have the lead magnet. That's my opt-in. But watch this, Stephanie. On that first email, though I'm telling them to download the thing, guess what? I still need a call to action that goes to the next step. So where would I put it? Hmm, Chris, there's only so many places. Well, right below the signature in the PS. It's free real estate. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, by the way, if you want to move faster and learn this quicker, join my next webinar. I go over the five points and more. Plus, you'll be able to ask me a question live. Right. That's very contextual. You know, does not right. abrasive. Go ahead. Eric. Now, Chris, Chris, with that. So you you're they've opt in. They're getting the, your welcome sequence. You've got five emails in there. Um, email two or three. They're like, oh, yeah, this is I, I do want to do this. And they click to register for the webinar. Are you yeah. using automation then to now end the welcome sequence oh. and move them into the reminder sequence for the webinar? Is this what you're I, doing? I, I feel like Eric's trying to get me to hug him multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be the teacher's pet. That's, hey, that's Tim my role. The teacher's pet. I'm, I know. I'm just trying, trying to dethrone Tim. Yeah, I figured this out. So absolutely. So one, okay. any rule of thumb, everybody in marketing, anytime somebody takes the step you ask them to take, stop asking them to take the step. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds it's straightforward. It's a nugget right there. Right? It's a top tip, everyone. <laughs> but I so one tell. one thing I I yep. picked up about your your funnel, Chris, is you mentioned it, that the next call to action in your in your lead magnet isn't to go buy something; it's to go to something else that's free. Yes. Yes. And so, which is like, yeah, you're not going to ask someone on a, on a date and then immediately ask them to marry you. You're probably going to ask them on another date. And so, um, yeah, that, that's something I think a lot of people, the mistake that they make is they think, oh, lead magnet, boom, like call to action to like, you know, a thousand dollar program. It's like, well, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta warm them up a little bit more first. So 100% true, Tim. And this is especially true for service-based businesses. I do a lot of marketing um, for e-commerce product-based businesses. It's a little different. I could put a product right there on the thank you page because usually I'm giving away a a coupon code or, you know, some discount for the lead magnet, but service-based businesses, absolutely. And here's why I, as you all can see, I love being on camera. (laughs) This is my superpower. If you can see my face and see how I light up, like it's authentic. So this is more effective than you reading something that I created. So I'm using this, the thing that you read to get you to see me in live on camera, because on camera, I can, that counts as like, for me, like 20 marketing touch points. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I, I went from seven marketing touch points to 20 just by you joining the the webinar and now i can push you from my webinar tim to go buy something so a lot of our listeners are you know some of them are you know still this is their side hustle um you know things like that or their the concept of oh my goodness adding a webinar now it is i I can't do that so they may they may at this point panic or freeze i just want to say for in transit studios even though we do a a webinar we're experimenting with a different format. Um, mm-hmm. We're doing a, a uh, we're doing a weekly, basically Ed Talk um, yep. once a week, an eighteen minute kind of uh, rapid learn. Mm-hmm. Um, we have actually, with all of our lead magnets, we offer a um, a free report, an ex- an extension of report or something. So, like, yep. if you download our one of our lead magnets about getting more reviews, well, we we offer as our call to action in the welcome sequence a free reputation report card. So you could do the same thing as a web designer. You know, it's just that next step. Yep. But we only deliver those 
Like if somebody wants a reputation report card, that's fine, but we're going to deliver them on Zoom. We don't eat, we don't prepare yeah. it and email it to you. Yeah. It's a, oh, we've prepared your thing. Uh, how does next Tuesday at, at, at 10 o'clock yeah. work? Yeah. Um, and so that would just, so for everybody listening, it's like, oh, I can't do a webinar yet or anything like that. There's lots of ways to do that. Yeah, now add to that, um, I've been running an evergreen, for those of you that don't know what an evergreen webinar is, just a webinar that's always available. I've been running it for not the same one. I just changed it. Actually, I was running that one for like five years. But um, I've always had one because of that very reason, Eric. I was at work. People are showing at... up to that. You have hair. They're like, what's happening? Right. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute. Is this his brother? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> So the the good thing, you know, there's rules to Evergreen. Most of the time I'll remove the camera element and just talk over slides, things of that nature, never date stuff. But the the, the, the thing that I want to get get across is that I had a job and, and the webinar was effective and I couldn't run it. So I put it on Evergreen and, and listen, everyone, listen, everyone. I was able to build a six figure business while working full time. And my web, my evergreen webinar did some similar, Eric. It drove them to a scheduling page to apply for my program. So then from there, I knew the times to block off and I would conveniently take a break at work around those times, <laughs> field those calls and close deals. Like yeah. the whole front end was automated. I'll be in a meeting. I check my, okay, tomorrow at 3.30. Let me block that off my calendar. That's my break, my new break time tomorrow. I'll go <laughs> take a break, jump on Zoom. Hey, you know, I'm looking at your, your your information. This looks great. Close the deal and get right back to work. Yeah. This is automation nice. though, right? Yeah. No, it's good. It's yeah. Good. So, so to what Tim said, listen, everyone, if somebody does the thing, you say, hey, uh, uh, claim the report, uh, register for the webinar, uh, do this thing, and they do it. Usually these are called goals in your marketing automation software. And when someone achieves that goal, it either jumps them past all of the emails that were that you set in place or it stops those previous emails from being sent. And I would love to be here and tell you all that this is common practice as much as I've been teaching this over a decade now, just this weekend, I purchased something and got three more emails. Time is running out. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter to me. I already bought it. I think. <laughs> Did I not buy it? Yeah. You know. So you never want to confuse them. So you're going to have to use goals. This is why we have to graduate up from email marketing to marketing automation software. There's some uh, email. Chris, this is where it starts to get hard. It gets hard now, though. What? Yeah. How do we do that? I know. I, so I have a go legitimate ahead. question that, yep. that you just reminded me of. This happens all the time. So I, I do filter emails based off of what people have purchased. However, what I've found is that people will be on my email list with multiple emails. So yeah. they'll tell me, I thought I already bought this. Why do you keep emailing me? And I'll be yeah. like, well, yeah, I'm not emailing the email you used to purchase. Yeah. You are subscribed twice. Is there any like way of resolving that? Or is that oh. just... A, a downside. I, I, to I wish there was, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a key. We're, we're web developer family here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Repopulated hidden fields is the mm. most effective way I've done this. So, so Tim, I've got software that if the field is pre-populated, it's hidden. 
So once I have your email address, if you opt in for something else or put your information, email is never an option. You can never change it. You're going to have to start all the way over again. Sarah just died almost. <laughs> I didn't have time to mute myself and I just couldn't stop the sneeze. And, and what is going while Sarah's dying? You're like, and then the email needs to. Chris, <laughs> no. I told you what, what, we're a hot mess around here. The most common thing I've found is people will opt in for a lead magnet with like an email that they want to receive emails with. And then yep. they'll buy my product and use like billing at their domain.com. Yep. Yep. So then I'll filter those emails from the purchase, but then they're still getting yep. it to the other email. Yeah. The purchase like, is tough, Tim. There's no, there's no answer. I've, I've seen many platforms try to try to do cookie based, but at the end of the day, it's th that's going to be one of those uncontrollable things. Gotcha. So, okay. um, we, I know um, we're, we're tight on time, Stephanie. Let we me know, we have a question this. in the chat, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Ooh, questions. How, how do, do you... Betty, Betty Sotomayor oh, yeah. says, how do you ensure these emails stop? What point of the automation guarantees that will be done? Yeah, With a lot of I... punctuation showing that she's as stressed out about this as I am. <laughs> yes. If I could, if I had a visual display, I have many, by the way. I just don't want to um, add another piece of complexity to this. But essentially, if you can imagine when you're in your email platform, it's kind of like start and then send email, send email, send email, send email. Then you've got weights in between it. That's why I said the goal functionality, Betty. Uh, most of these platforms have a goal that says, hey, once they've done this, stop sending these emails so you have to have a platform that have goals to be able to say okay i've tracked this behavior has has been done and i'm no longer sending all of the previous emails so it's it's very platform specific but it's also very widely used yes yeah okay back and, to I'm, what so you were of... oh go ahead is that tim i was gonna say one okay. of the easiest i have found is is active campaign and it's you know, when somebody clicks a link over to the website to say sign up for a red to register for a webinar or to request a reply back, you know, campaign yeah. or, you know, uh, something like that. Then on that new registration form, the, you know, we, I always use gravity forms, the active campaign connection Ooh, adds that I new tag. Yeah. And when active campaign sees that tag, yes, it, it pulls the person out of the sequence down to goal and then sends them wherever I yes. want them to from there. It, it's really very, it's very easy to use and get it yeah. there and figure out. I love yeah. active campaign. I love that stack, Eric, that gravity active forms. Active campaign is active super campaign. easy to use. Said nobody yeah. ever until this moment. <laughs> I think it's easy to use. There's <laughs> a lot going on in there. I get it, but I, you know, I, I know my way around it. So, with that being said, I want to give you all the the last piece of messaging. Please. Um, we talked we talked about that contextual messaging five three to five emails. Once they opt in, you get your marketing touch points, and people will buy. By the way, people will take the next action. For me, um, I'm right around forty to sixty percent of people that go through nice. those five emails take the next step. So, but if you don't have it in, you're probably hovering right around 0%. So at least get it in place so that you can see how people give people a chance. The next thing is what if they complete all five of those emails and don't do anything here's here. I'm going to give you all a content hack. First off, you need to have a long-term messaging strategy. This is where newsletters came from. It's just like, oh, I'll send a weekly newsletter. I have, I don't know a single 
individual that has successfully sent a weekly newsletter for an entire year. Usually they've got an entire content team. It looks like they're an individual, but but that is a very hard cadence to keep up. Here's what I recommend to you all. Anybody should be able to sit down and have at least 12 topics they want to talk about for the year. Do a monthly newsletter first. This will at least cover your first year, your first year to ensure that people are getting consistently emailed by your company and staying and you staying on top of mind. But it also serves as this. We want to keep a clean list. If you're not emailing your contacts consistently, you now don't know who's taking action and who's not. And every 90 days, there should be some kind of cleansing that you go through your list and say, hey, I've sent you like seven emails. You've opened none of them. I, I just can't afford to continue to send me send you emails. They have the saying uh, high tide rises the boats or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is all ships. Yeah. Yep. This is what email uh, uh, deliverability does. If it's great, then sending to everybody is great. But it goes the other way, too. I don't know if they say a low tide crashes boats, <laughs> but it's the same way. If I'm sending to people who are not responding, now my reputation is dropping. And now I won't be able to effectively reach the people who truly are opening my emails. So we've got to keep the list clean. That's another topic, Stephanie. I've got automations that list automatically hygiene. clean your list Yep, for you. It's like um, somebody cleaning your teeth when you're sleeping that's yep. what lists <laughs> the automatic list cleansing automations i set up um do okay awesome. so i have another call so i have to bail but thank you everyone thank you yes, chris learned a lot you, tim. i'll see everyone later Hi, tim. Yes. yeah sorry we're, we're we've run overtime so tim wouldn't have had he didn't leave early technically he left <laughs> on time <laughs> we went a little late time, uh chris we just can't bear to stop though because it's so much gold i wanted to just recap a few things and make sure that our audience has specific things they can go and do to get yes. a win after this. Yeah. Um, so basically we want to have, again, I love the illustration of the loaf of bread. So what, what are you, you're offering? Um, give them a slice of that. We are, mm -hmm. we are web folks. We are marketers. Give them a thing that is the top, five things you need on your website or every website should have, or the top yeah. five ways to get X off of your website, whatever it is, send them a list of five things. I love this as a download. Uh, do the first email is the, uh, the single double. It's the fake mm -hmm. opt-in, right? And it has the link to download and um, a secondary call, like the call to action. So the link to download is in the, the call to PS. action. The call to action is in the PS. Yep. And that's to sign up for a webinar, which I have a couple questions on that too. But, yep. um, and then you send them five more emails that just go into each of those five things. Like to me, yeah. to me, a person who is intimidated by this whole process, that sounds like something achievable. If I could force myself to sit down and focus for an hour or two hours, maybe I, I could, I could do that. Right. Yeah. If I can do it, you and, can do it. And guys. Stephanie, I'll make it even easier take the five emails and wrap them around client horror stories, right? Clients that were doing something wrong and why that tip exists. So okay. for instance, um, um, one could be always back up your website before updating your mm -hmm. plugins, 
right? Mm -hmm. Or never run a beta plugin on a production site. These these are mm -hmm. simple to us, but people commit these crimes all the time. Now, in my yeah, email, good. the subject line is, it was all good until it wasn't, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And now <laughs> there's a story about a client that you knew. Don't do these the five things that our clients always do. <laughs> right. I and think I'm going to send mine out on, if you want to remove belly fat, don't eat this food. Why is that always everywhere? Do you guys see that as much as I do? Or is like the internet trying to tell me something? No, you guys only see me neck up, too. so maybe you don't know what's going on down here. But like, I am forever being told how to get rid of belly fat. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's um, okay. So, so you could do it both ways, Stephanie. You could use the horror stories or you could use the success stories too. You know, love it. Um, but you can wrap it in story that makes it easier. Yeah. Is to generate a list of 12 emails, 12 topics that you want to share with your clients. They can also yeah. be stories. They can be whatever. And then you schedule those out. You write them all at once and schedule them for a year. Related question. When someone signs up, do you drop them into whatever's going out next? Or do you start them at the beginning? Oh, great one. I love to start them at the beginning. If you're, if writing these are like a struggle for you, then you at least get credit for like, the ones that you've created in the beginning and they'll just kind of go in the flow. Uh, you want to make sure they're evergreen and things of that nature. I just add them in whatever I'm sending. I've consistently mm -hmm. sent a monthly newsletter for like the last three years. So right when they're done with those five emails, they just start getting the latest one. But the, the, the thing that made me th ask that though, is because I'm thinking like, Oh, people love to tell a story about like what's going on during the holiday times or something yes. like that. Or like we have yeah. a, a vacation service that we want to feature that really makes a lot of sense to do that in the summertime. Mm -hmm. um, things well, like that. So it might be more time-based. What do you think, Eric? And with these, you can you can contextualize them to things like February. It's easy to come up with an email about falling in love with your website again, yeah. or yeah. you know, da da da. da. Um, oh, yeah, and yeah. the here here's the thing. Here's the thing with these. We do this. We do this with clients. Um, these emails, you can actually just repeat them because nobody is going to remember <laughs> that last February yep. Yep. you said that. I mean, literally, if you want to, you can change the subject lines. Yeah. If you really want to. That's hilarious. And I love it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, who, so good. Who remembers? Who yep. remembers? I love Funny. it. And watch this. Watch this. Uh -oh. The, the, the sin is not sending consistently. So it doesn't matter if it's monthly or not. If you're not sending consistent, that with, that's what throws it off. Though I'm sending a monthly newsletter, I am not limited to just one email a month. If I so get inspired or if there's something that took place, I now can send that on the second week. If I use the first week for my newsletter. So you have three more weeks within every month to send additional email. But at a minimum, make sure you're consistent. What I've seen people they, do, Stephanie. They're evergreenish. Is, you can just pop them into your sequence too, right? Absolutely. What I see people do is they'll get 12 emails written. And what will they say? Oh, I've got my first three months, my first <laughs> oh, three to first four months. months. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's a whole year, you know, and when you get more add to it, but don't start there because you'll get burned down and be like, this I, is, I this is reminding so me of when we had, who was it that was on talking about blogging? And they were like, yeah, just do one a month. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh, thank God. Like it was such a relief. <laughs> Yes. It's the same kind of deal, like just one a month. Yes. It takes a content team to, to be able to publish weekly. It really now, does consistently. I know, so. I know I could keep asking you questions all day. Unfortunately, I think at some point we do have to wrap up. 
this episode. Um, but they are, oh, see, Betty, Betty and I are eye to eye. I can tell already. She's like, what a relief. One a month. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right, Betty? Betty? Come on. So, um, Chris, if folks want to learn more from you, um, tell them where to find you. Tell them what your what your business is. I mean, do you do you teach this? Do you come in and just set it up yes. for people? Like, what's your? Yeah, I teach this everyone. I've got a community of nerds just like me. We talk about technology, how to use it responsibly to automate marketing. Um, if if that's something that you're looking to do, you found your home, you've been looking, you've been homeless, <laughs> you didn't realize it. We welcome you with open arms. So I have a a, a community. And I teach this for a living, um, Stephanie. I've also got a program, but I would say the most important thing would be to join the community if you if you so feel inclined and just need that day to day help and just belonging. What's uh, the community called and where is it? We'll we'll drop it's, a link and we'll put it in the show notes. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Automation Bridge Community Membership. <laughs> you know, clever. Nothing really fancy. Cool. Just just really. Is it on really Facebook or where is it? No, no, no. This is a community off. It's your Facebook. community on your website. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a membership membership site with a bunch of resources, um, everything that you need to learn automation and do it effectively. However, if you want to see what I've talked about today in person, you're like, okay, you sounded good and you made me laugh a little bit. Still don't trust you. I know how you bad <laughs> folks are. You're real skeptical. <laughs> so you can, you can go to automationbridge.com forward slash Divi chat. And there you can download the five point automation checklist. You can see all the emails. You can go through Look everything as is. And um, you can go twist there. at the end. Come on. I did not know you were going to do that, Chris. That is amazing. Thank you. Yes. You know, I'm going there. I'll put the Eric. Do you, are you able to type that and put it in the chat? Uh, right, please? No, I'm, I, I, I'm not logged in this stream. Oh, OK. So, so I'll just say sorry. it again. Automation forward slash Divi chat, no space, just Divi chat, D-I-V-I-C-H-A-T. Done. Sent in the chat for those of you who would like to check that out. We will also put it in the show notes if you're listening on your podcast app. So guys, how did you enjoy this uh, little chat? Did it blow your mind as much as it did mine? Do you also want to be best friends with Chris L. Davis? What's the L stand for, <laughs> by the way? Leroy. Close. Just take off the Roy. Oh, Lee. Yes. Lee wow. Davis. My yeah. middle initial is L also. I should have put that on mine. My yeah. name today. Well, okay. So funny fact real quick. Uh -huh. Chris Davis is such a popular name that there's a Twitter account that if your name is Chris Davis, you follow it. And when <laughs> I saw that, I said, you know what? I need to differentiate myself. Differentiate. So I use my, my middle name and that cut it down from like millions of people to hundreds of thousands of <laughs> right that's good that's solid yeah. way to stand I, out i i like uh somebody in the uh comments suggested it stood for legend oh oh, oh my so, so nice that jake jake just stole the hug you only there was only one there's only one just, to go. I, I had one more i had three well, got two. Jake, well got jake well, Jake, I hope you enjoyed your last episode of Dippy Jack. Drop the band hammer on Jake. All right. Oh, you're man. welcome. Hey, speaking of dropping the hammer, uh, if you're enjoying this, hit the uh, smash the like button. Uh, so, yeah, let us I know. know. Show well, some love. Chris, this, uh, as expected, you blew our minds. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I'm really excited to come on 
your podcast and probably ask you a million more questions while I'm there. But um, uh, there was something else that I wanted. Oh, uh, you said you have some more stuff on list hygiene and things like that. Is that, can that be found in your membership or? Yeah, that's uh, in the membership. I've got an entire course on it. Or you could just join the membership Great. and ask a question. I'm in there daily. I'm not on social daily, everyone. So if you're sending me messages, it's be weeks before I send it, before I see it. Unless you're Stephanie. I check my Facebook messages strictly for Stephanie. Um, <laughs> this is where I'm you, Everybody knows I suck at email. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So, well, yeah, speaking of Facebook, I'm going to go. My question that, that I didn't get to talk about today is about how to schedule your webinars, which is another type yes. of automation that yes. is in marketing as opposed to just the email stuff. And yes. I'm going to go post a question and tag you in my Facebook group because okay. I want to know okay. what you're using for that. <laughs> and yep. maybe I'll tease a few people into coming over and checking out the answer there as well. Focus on your biz. Guys, Sarah, I, I'm sorry. We've like, this is maybe the quietest you've ever been on an episode. Sarah. I know, right? I mean, I'm just taking it all in. I'm I'm traditionally, yeah. everyone knows, I'm traditionally really bad at marketing. I tend to get my, all my work through referrals. And at some yeah. point, I will get off my butt and do all this stuff. And then I'll rewatch this. I've got an automated referral like, system too for you, Sarah. You've got it's what, sorry? An automated referral system that not only sends the email for you, but also tracks when a referral comes in, who sent it, so. Yeah, amazing. So guys, go check out the automation bridge for sure. And if you are wanting to get into the lead generation part at the front end of all of this too, definitely check out Finally Leads, Eric's group that he's started up. I think all of these things play really, really well together. And uh, and when you're ready to close the deal, you come talk to me. I'll I'll help you. That's my favorite part. All right, y'all. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks for letting us run over. Um, And we will see you next week. We don't have Tim to say goodbye, but everybody have a great week. Bye.